Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, JJ Bunny talks about community being like a sports team. Everyone has their own role, and to play well, you have to work together. We look at Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, and our purpose as a Christian community. We also look at Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, and how we should be leaning into our communities. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. I'm glad to be here. If you do not know me, my name is JJ Bunny. I am... <laughs> I, I'm, a former, I'm a former FG student here. I just graduated high school in May and am now attending Anderson University. Go Trojans. Go Trojans. Um, to study youth ministry. So this is what I love to do, and this is where I love to do it. I've been able to serve here for a couple years, and I've absolutely loved it. So since Dallas was out of town, he asked me to preach this morning, and I couldn't pass up the opportunity. I love this place, and I love these people, and I love serving you guys. So as you can see, we're starting out a series in community. We're going to start off, um, this is a kickoff week, to go along with us being in small groups this week. This is our first week of small groups, if you have not heard already. So you'll get your small group at the end of the service. But we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks what it looks like to be in community, why we should be in community, what, how Jesus showed us examples of being in community, and really just explore this idea of what community is. So, but before we start talking about community, I want to start off by talking about, since it is football season, start off talking about sports. So, how many, how many of y'all, biggest sports fan in the house, Matt Densky back there, how many, how many of y'all play a sport? Okay, a lot of you. I figured there would be a lot of hands up. How, okay, so of those, how many of y'all play a team sport? Okay, so still most of you. That makes sense. Most, most sports are team sports. I actually played one of the few in high school. I swam. So I played one of the few that isn't, I guess, played. I don't know how that works. But I swam in high school for three years. I loved it. But I played baseball one year, my senior year. And even though swimming is an individual sport, you're probably like, JJ, swimming is not a team sport. But it, 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 it can be. We have relays, okay? We try our best to do what we can. And those were always my favorite part. I absolutely loved the relays. And the reason I love the relays is because I love working with a team. Because on, in those relays, I didn't feel like all the pressure was on me. Did not feel like all the pressure was on me. I felt like I could get up there, not be nervous, because I know if I swim like an absolute whale through this water, then I'm good. Because as soon as I come back and touch that wall, my next teammate's going. He's picking up the slack that I may have put out. Or on those really good days when I feel like a lot less like a whale and a lot more like a dolphin, swimming through that water, zooming. I know my team's right there again. I don't have to do it on my own just because I'm performing well. And that's the great part about team sports is that everybody has a purpose and everybody is able to fulfill that purpose 
because they have people around them helping them. For example, on a football team, you can't have a quarterback throwing to no wide receiver. You can't have a quarterback playing with no offensive line either because he's going to get pretty hurt. That's the great part is that they work as a team and everybody has a role. And if not everybody fulfills those roles, they can't work as a team. But how foolish would it be if on my best day, let's say, let's say I was feeling just super fast, absolute dolphin, just zooming through the water. Let's say I was just feeling the best of my life one day. Felt like Michael Phelps. Let's say I was like, hey, coach, I mean, I know it's a relay, but why don't you just bench the rest of them and I'll swim the whole thing? <laughs> That'd be foolish, right? <laughs> I would get destroyed, I can tell you that much, because I'm swimming 50 meters, or I'm, I'm swimming 200 meters, and everybody else is only swimming 50. They can sprint. I'm going to have to pace myself for 200 meters and everybody else is going to be able to swim 50 and then get back and their next teammate go. I want to be able to do it on my own. And truthfully, even the 50 that I'm supposed to swim fast, I'm not going to be able to swim it fast because I don't have my teammates helping me do the rest. And I, I probably share that example and you're like, oh, JJ, that's silly, dude. I would never do that because that doesn't make sense. Like I play soccer and I'm an attacker and if I'm only attacking, they're gonna score like 18 goals. Yeah, it's silly, right? It's a silly example, but when you hear it, when you hear it, you probably go, that's, that's foolish. But if we know this about the sports world, we know that we need our teams on our best and worst days, then why do we treat community in the opposite way. We have these times of really low faith. We have these valley lows, some would call them. Times when we have doubts, times when we have questions, times when we don't know where to go, times when we're having trouble following God. And we find it really easy to lean into our community in those moments because we need help and we don't know what to do. And that makes sense and that's a great thing. It's a very beautiful thing to have friends around you who are going to help you in those times when you need them most. But in the same way, when we're in those mountain highs, when we feel like our faith is at an all-time high, we feel so close to Jesus. A lot of you are probably coming off epic, and maybe you're still riding that wave of feeling like you're just closer to Jesus than you've ever been. In those moments, for some reason, we just turn away from our community. Not that we turn away and like don't ever talk to them, but we don't intentionally spend time with them. We don't intentionally make time for our community because in our heads, I mean, my faith's at an all-time high. What's the point? I don't need my community right now. I'm good. My faith is close to Jesus and that's the only reason my community is there is to help lead me closer to Jesus. So if I'm already there, I don't need to do that. But really in the same way as sports, we can't fulfill our purpose without our community around us. 
We, we can't fulfill our purpose as believers without our community around us. So then what do we do? Well, in, in those mountaintop highs, we have to lean on our community. We have to continue to intentionally make time for our community despite feeling like we don't need it or maybe even feeling like it's useless or what's the point? And when I say purpose, you might be wondering, well, that's, that's something I'm still trying to figure out. But we actually see that as believers, we, our purpose has been defined for us by Jesus. First, first of all, when we talk about our purpose as believers, God has uniquely gifted each of us. And, and maybe you are beginning to understand what your gifts are, and you're beginning to understand these things that God gives us called spiritual gifts and how to use them and how God wants to use them in your life. And maybe you haven't yet, and that's okay. God will, God will reveal those to you in time. But I'm not talking about individualized spiritual gifts. That's a time for, that's a topic for another day. It's a great, great thing. But today, what I really want to talk about is our purpose as a community of believers. And I would, I would argue that if you look at this one passage of what Jesus says to his disciples, you can see that this is the call for all believers to pursue. This is our purpose. So open, I'm gonna open up real quick to Matthew 28, 19, or, yeah, 19 through 20. And I'm going to read that real quick. You don't have to flip there. We're going to flip to another passage. So if you just want to hold tight for a second, that would be great. Okay, so I'm going to read this real quick. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is what Jesus says to his disciples. He's about to ascend back into heaven. These are some of his last words, and this is the commandment he wants to give. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Well, what does that mean? Are we, are we all supposed to have 12 people follow us around like Jesus did? That'd be a little weird. No, not quite. When Jesus says to make disciples, he's really saying to make disciples of him. Make disciples of Jesus. Spread the word. You've seen all these things. You've seen that I've resurrected from the dead. You've seen that I have saved you. Now go and tell everyone and bring them to me. That's what Jesus is saying right here. So if that's our purpose as believers, how do we fulfill that? Well, as I mentioned before, we have to fulfill it in community. Even on those mountaintop highs, even when our faith is at an all-time high, we have to fulfill our purpose in community. And I think the early church in Acts gives us a perfect picture of this. So if everybody will flip to Acts 2, 42 through 47, that's where we're going to be today. So for a little bit of, while you're flipping there, for a little bit of background on Acts, the church in Acts 
is at an all-time high. Jesus has just ascended back into heaven. Um, so this isn't too far after the Great Commission. Um, but Peter has just given a sermon called the Sermon at Pentecost. And in that sermon, over 3,000 people came to know Jesus. 3,000. That's a lot of people. That's about how many people we have in our church. That's a lot of people come to know Jesus in one day. So you could say this church was thriving. They were thriving. But let's look at the passage to see a little more of what was true about them. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So first, let's pause for a second. They are, what, is, what does this mean? It says that breaking of bread, the fellowship, apostles' teaching. What does this mean? So these are what we would call spiritual disciplines. And for example, spiritual disciplines in our day would be reading the New Testament. They, they weren't reading the New Testament yet, um, or reading scripture in general. They didn't have the New Testament yet, but they were still had the Old Testament, and they still read the Old Testament. But we have the whole Bible at our fingertips, so we can read scripture, we can pray, we can participate in communion as believers, we can um, participate in fellowship, coming to church, being together to worship God. These are what we call spiritual disciplines, and this Acts includes, or this passage in Acts includes this, just basically to say they were pursuing God. Even, even though their faith was at a high and they, they were already close to God, so maybe it wouldn't have felt as needed to do these spiritual disciplines, but they were still pursuing God. So verse 43 goes on to say, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So right here, we not only see that they are pursuing God, but God is very evidently with them. The apostles are performing miracles every day, performing works and wonders. They are seeing the Holy Spirit move visually. They can see it with their own eyes. And God is very evidently moving in their midst. Goes on to say in verse 44, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So they were being faithful not only in pursuing God, but pursuing the people around them, pursuing the needy being faithful in God's call to love the community of believers around them. They were sacrificing to take care of each other. And this is already a great picture of community, is taking care of each other. But further than that, 46 emphasizes something that I really, really want to emphasize today. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So, Let's pause there for a second. They met in the temple, but they not only met there, where else does it say they met? Not a rhetorical question. In their homes. So they, so they were sharing meals in their homes. And it, it says breaking bread, but it's a different, it said breaking bread in 
verse 42, but that, that was talking about communion. This is actually talking about just sharing meals together. They're different Greek words in the original translation. This is talking about they were just having meals together. So not only did they pursue God, they're generous to one another. They were, they were just spending time with one another. Didn't have to be at church. Didn't have to be um, worshiping God all the time, like musical worship. Didn't have to be listening to a sermon. Didn't have to be doing Bible study. They were just spending time in community with one another. Building friendship with one another. Doing life with one another. Verse 47 goes on to say, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. This church was flourishing and it continued to flourish and people noticed. It says, having, praising God and having favor with all the people. People were noticing what was happening in the church in Acts. They were noticing the unity that the believers had, noticing the community that they had built. And why I wanna emphasize this passage is because I think this is a perfect example of how to live in community. In those times where we feel like our faith is at an all-time high, where we feel like we are closer to God than we have ever been, we still must lean on our community. Because in order to fulfill our purpose, we have to be filled by our community. The church in Acts knew this better than anybody because they practiced this actively. Because they knew that you can never lean into your purpose unless you lean on your community. You can never lean into your purpose unless you lean on your community. It just doesn't work. You must have people around you pushing you closer to Jesus, filling you in those times when you're doing ministry and you feel like no fruit is coming. Pushing you in accountability, holding you accountable to things you have said and holding you accountable in those times when they, you have sin in your life. You need those people around you to just be friends. And really, that's our prayer for you here at Fellowship as you go into your small groups. This is why we do small groups. We, we not only want you to answer questions and dis- talk about the sermon together on Sunday mornings. We, we want you to do that, but more than that, we want you to be a community. We want you to be friends. We want these to be places that you feel like you can share your doubts. You can ask those hard questions. You can be vulnerable. You can share about what you're going through. We want you to be able to do life with the people in your small group. We don't want these to be places where you feel like you have to attend. We want these to be places where you want to attend. We We absolutely love doing small groups here because that's where we feel like we see God move most evidently. And that's why we continue to meet in these ways. So I want to challenge you 
Whether you're an eighth grader or a seventh grader, you already kind of know your small group, but just never really leaned all in. Past year or two, you've just come and sat down, answered questions about the sermon, left. So whatever, you don't know like half their names, but. Whether, whether that's you or you're, you're a sixth grader and you're like, I do not know anybody. If, if you don't know anybody, you're going to meet your small group today. You're going to meet your small group leaders maybe even today if you don't know them yet. But in all of those things, I challenge you to lean in. Go all in with your small group. Really make an effort to get to know these people. Really make an effort to be vulnerable. Really make an effort to grow trust. And trust that God has placed these people in your life for a reason. And if you, if you lean on them and you lean into that, God is going to do big things through it. I challenge you. Lean in. And I promise God will move in bigger ways than you've ever seen before. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this community that we have at FG Students. Thank you that we can rest in community in our small groups, that we um, can meet with people who we feel like we can trust, who just can become our friends, and we can build relationships with. I pray that as these students go, they would trust you and trust that the people you have placed in their small group are the people who they are to begin community with. And I pray that, you, um, that they just push themselves to really make an effort towards building community with these people. In your name we pray. Amen.